you know, before I was trying to do everything and then this has forced me to get, you know, the younger guys to step up and then basically, you know, take the reins and then they can do everything and that, that gives them the opportunity to grow. And before I was just kind of like, oh, I wanted to try and do everything, but it's not sustainable for the restaurant or for me or for the team. This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. Last time we caught up with Adam Wolfers, we explored his glorious culinary ancestry and the new adventures at Gerard's Bistro and Gerard's Bar in Brisbane. Since then, he's had some serious personal changes in his life, including a life-altering medical experience. But we are so pleased to have him back on and see how things are going. Adam, how are you? Hey, good, thank you. How are you? Good. It's good to get you back on the show. Uh, what's things like in Brisbane at the moment? We're sort of jumping into spring. Um, is there a bit of optimism in the industry? Yeah, I think um, it's gotten back to sort of normality currently. It's, it's uh, you know, it's the weather's sort of getting a lot better and the, yeah, it's warming up a bit and, you know, Brisbane people are sort of a bit scared of the cold and, and now that the sun's coming out, they're all coming out in flocks and, you know, it's uh, it's great to have a buzz in there, you know, in the hospitality s- sector, which is um, something exciting and, you know, I think it's going to be uh, great moving into summer and, you know, it's, you know, it's great for hospitality. Last time we caught up, you took us on an amazing journey through um, your sort of ancestry and uh, the culinary influences on you as, as, a, as a chef. Um, but th- this year, COVID aside, has been challenging for you. Um, t- tell us a bit what hap- about what happened. So basically, I had meningitis at the start of the year. And the you know at the time, I didn't know what what was going on. I had severe headaches and, you know, I didn't understand what the, what meningitis was at the time. And then, you know, I went to see a lot of different doctors and, you know, I sort of had a COVID test, like a PCR test. And then that came back negative. And then I was, you know, I, I was pretty much bedridden for, you know, at least a week. Um, and I, I didn't know what was going on. And then I, Basically, I went to, you know, went to different doctors and got lots of different opinions. And I think, um, you know, after about a week of going to see different doctors and then the one doctor I went to see, he was like, oh, I think you have meningitis. And I was like, oh, what's my meningitis? And he was like, oh, I think you need to go to hospital and get this special test called like a spinal tap, which is where they (laughs) get a... um, a needle in the back and take the the spinal fluid to test if it's meningitis. Like it's yeah, I, I don't need to go into it. yeah. It's um yeah, it was pretty painful at the time, but you know I was sort of at the time I was like oh I want to get answers of what's going on, and then they were like oh yeah, it's positive to meningitis, which is you know it's part of a, a meningitis if you understand what it is it's like this the fluid in the spinal cord which swells in the brain so it's like a yeah it's pretty um pretty nasty stuff so um at the time i you know i basically it was a second wave of covid and you know there was you know the hospital system was under stress at the time and i didn't yeah i, I kind of um you know i yeah i, I don't really 
yeah, I, I can't really explain the <laughs> the severity of what meningitis is. And then a week after I sort of, um, yeah, basically a week after I had meningitis, I had COVID. And so that, yeah, so that's a, a combo, which is, you know, at the time I was like, oh, you know, meningitis is really bad. And then at the time the COVID was, you know, I didn't really feel much at the time. And um, because meningitis was like, you know, something that's, you know, it's, um, if you've had it, it's, it's a very, it's a very, um, you know, at the time I didn't think it was very bad, but, you know, I think, um, yeah, I think when I speak to my medical friends, they're like, oh, meningitis is pretty bad stuff. So, yeah, it was, um, you know, it was, it was very hard on myself and the family and I, you know, basically took six weeks off from the start of when I had meningitis to the end of COVID and then I felt fine and I just went back to normal doing everything and, you know, it was like I, I gradually got back into everything after six weeks. So, you know, I was... I was um, working at Gerard's Bar and Gerard's Bistro and, you know, there was like lots of functions going on and, you know, I, I think you, yeah, I, I, I do lots of cycling. So cycling is like a, a um, sort of side project of mine and, I'll, you know, I, I do 200 Ks a week which is a lot <laughs> for someone that's, yeah, 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 yeah. And that like, yeah, I think um, that's, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, that, that's, that's sort of like all the things that, I'm, that I did at the time. And I had two very beautiful children, a two-year-old and a five-year-old. And then my wife, Alex, who's, um, she's amazing throughout the whole um, debacle or like the position that we're in currently. And then, you know, I think it was about three or four months. Yeah, it was like April in on... Um, uh, April, um, yeah, Easter Friday, Good yeah. Friday. So that was when the real um, problems happened. So I, you know, I went, you know, I went back to doing all the things I was doing, and I, you know, I went for a normal ride on on a public holiday with a group of guys, and then I was, yeah, I was just sort of pedaling away, and then as I went up a hill. Um, thankfully it was going up a hill and then I just sort of, you know, you hear in the movies where there's like a record screech of someone just falling down. I heard that in my brain and then I didn't know what happened and then I just literally dropped and I couldn't move. So it was, it was pretty scary stuff. Yeah. Um, it was, uh, yeah, it was pretty, um, you know, it was, it was very, yeah, it was very difficult at the time because I couldn't communicate anything yeah. and then all the guys around me, they're like, oh, what's what's your wife's number? And I, I literally couldn't even – like I could see everything but I couldn't communicate. So I could everything I could see was, you know, it's it's pretty scary stuff. Yeah, because yeah, I, I didn't know what happened at the time. Like I didn't think I had a – a severe brain injury or, you know, if, if I fell off my bike and hit my head, but I literally just was going like 12 Ks an hour up a hill and then I didn't injure myself on the bike. So it's, yeah, it's, it's sort of really scary stuff. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, 
the the guy like luckily I was with a group of guys riding like with the the guys that I was riding with most of them are doctors and then they were sort of like in doctor mode um sort of you know the yeah getting ambulances and you know they they sort of were having a look at me and they were like oh I think he looks like he's having a stroke or a seizure and then I just sort of you know I was basically I couldn't move so yeah you you spent the next um couple of months um trying to get things back on track and it's been a hell of a year for you What, what was that period of time um and the impact that the stroke had on you yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it's it's really difficult to um, sort of explain, you know, to people that haven't had a stroke before. Is you know, you're basically pressing a reset button on your whole body. So from you know going to the toilet to you know talking, sleeping, walking across the road, um, you know, conversations like I've yeah, I'm I'm sort of. I've come a long way to be talking to you right now. Like it's, it's only been, you know, in the scheme of things, it's only been six months, which is not long in the stroke sort of world. Like some people don't even talk after three months. So it's, um, it's, yeah, I think, um, you know, it's, it's, it's been very hard. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's been very hard. Well, talking to you now, you wouldn't know any different that you had been through that. Um, but you, as you say, you did have to learn to walk and, and talk again. What, what sort of what sort of impact has it had on um, your approach to everything that you do now that you've you've moved this far forward? Oh, I mean, it's it's definitely a, a very um, eye opening experience for myself and my family and all the people around me. They've been amazing, like my parents and my in laws and my my close friends and, you know, all the hospitality sector that's checked in and made sure I'm okay, um, you know, but there's only so much everyone can do. With with a stroke, you got to think positively and, you know, you got to think forward and don't look at what you're doing in the past. And, yeah, I think, yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's been, I mean, I don't have to say it's been very hard, but, yeah, I think it's, it's definitely, um, yeah, it's it's definitely a, a learning curve for me to appreciate, you know, the the better things in life like family and, you know, like I think work comes secondary to all those things when you have a life a life um experience like this. But yeah, it's 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 been yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it goes without saying that it's been a, a far more challenging year than perhaps you're um, you're giving over at the moment, having gone through um, the meningitis and and COVID, and then having the the stroke and learning to walk and talk again. But but here you are, and you're working again, and you're you, I've noticed recently you're putting on events with other chefs as well. Um, what's it, what's it been like in your day job, uh, even though it's it's secondary? Are you approaching your craft a bit differently? Oh, like it's. Like it's hard to explain because when with the stroke, the fatigue part of the thing, part of the the recovery is something that, you know, you, I can't really explain the, the um, fatigue side of things is, you know, it's sort of managing your day to day in a way that you can do as much as you can without 
killing yourself. You know, you got to, you're forced to slow down. That's sort of the, you know, everyone's sort of saying, oh, you know, take it easy, take it easy. And I'm like, oh, no, I want to go, you know, my, my brain's going to go 5,000 miles an hour, but the body can't. So that's, that's the hardest thing for me because, you know, with being a chef, you know, you've got, you got to call supplies, you got to communicate with all your staff, you got to, you know, you got a family life and, you know, all those sorts of things. You basically, you know, you can't do everything. And it's, you know, you sort of got to rely on, you know, other people to help you. So, which is, which is, you know, I, I, luckily I have those people in my life to help me. So, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely, um, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. During that recovery time, how did you feel about food and, and cookery? And um, you've always been one to have great connections, especially through your family heritage with food. But how did you see it during that time? Um, so basically, I, you know, I have to, I have to look at the health benefits of what I'm eating because that's been a major issue with what I was doing pre, like pre-stroke. I just sort of, I did lots of exercise and I didn't watch what I was eating. And that was the real trigger to um, a balanced, like a balanced person. Like, oh, not, yeah, like, <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so basically, um, yeah, I think looking at the, you know, luckily for me, I did fermentation in the previous sort of um, work. Yeah, and that's I'm sort of looking at fermentation in a different way now. So I'm looking at the way fermentation is to do with the health benefits, whereas before I was kind of doing it as a fad and, you know, it was something, you know, to do with, you know, I think – I think sometimes when you're cooking, it takes away the the health side of things when you're cooking certain dishes, and you know, I, I'm not sort of explaining it properly. Um, yeah, so yeah, from the stroke, I I had I've, I've been diagnosed with aphasia, which is um, something that is uh, you know I can understand everything, but I can't um, verbally speak of what I'm trying to say. So, you know, I'm sort of rambling a lot, but it's, it's part of the, the injury to the brain. Like it's, it's gotten much better, but yeah, I think, um, it's, yeah, it's at times when I, when I don't, um, practice what I'm trying to say, it's, it's very difficult to get my words (laughs) around to explain things. Um, yeah. So yeah. Sorry, that's just me rambling. <laughs> well, I don't think I don't think you're rambling at all. But um, these these challenges that you've been through, and you know, you mentioned you know the stress and all of the things that you need to do in hospitality to be a successful chef. Um, but have have you landed on a, a realization or something um, that is a bit um, less stressful and a way of operating the kitchens um, to find that sort of balance and take that stress out of the light of your life? Yeah, I mean, I'm still trying to work that out because um, it's, yeah, I mean, I think it's going to take me a while to work that out. But, um, yeah, I think um, having, you know, a strong head chef like Juliet who she can, you know, she can 
I'll tell her to do something and then she can do it for me. Like that's the, the most important thing with the, the way we run kitchens is, you know, the kitchen isn't just by the executive chef. Like he needs to have, you know, a team behind him or her to do, you know, like see the vision of the, of the chef and the restaurant and basically, um, you know, can run it day to day without you being there. So I think it's sort of, you know, before I was trying to do everything and then this has forced me to get, you know, the younger guys to step up and then basically, you know, take the reins and then they can do everything and that, that gives them the opportunity to grow. And before I was just kind of like, oh, I wanted to try and do everything. But, yeah, I think that was, yeah, it was, I couldn't, I couldn't work like that forever. Like it's not – it's not sustainable for the restaurant or for me or for the team or for the, you know, like the, it's not, it's not the answer of um, the way that restaurants work. Like, yeah. The recovery that you've gone through is extraordinary. How did it feel to walk back into the kitchen for you? Oh, like it was very scary. Yeah. Like it was like, I don't think, yeah, if, 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 yeah, I think when someone has an injury or, or like a, a sore arm, you kind of, you can, you can function normally and you can sort of get around with, you know, not being in the kitchen for too long. But for me, I'm, yeah, it's, it's sort of hard to explain. Like the, the visual and the list, like the noise sides of things with the stroke. Like the sensitivity with the noise, that's that's like a massive issue in in a big kitchen. Like, and then that's that was a a real sort of um, yeah. It was like um yeah. I think I, like I've I've had to get earplugs and you know I've tried everything and yeah. It's it's sort of um it's slowly getting better, but I think I work better currently on my own, like in a, with, with Sonny's on and like noise, noise cancelling headphones. So I'm not distracted. So that's, that's sort of where I'm at at the moment. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Well, well, you've come up, you've come a long way. And as you mentioned at the top of the show, we're moving into spring and and summer. Um, what are you looking forward to as the, the year progresses? Uh, yeah, like I think moving into spring and summer, like the, there's, you know, asparagus coming into season and then that, the, like, spring vegetables are coming into season and that's exciting. So, yeah, I haven't really, yeah, I haven't really dug, dug deep into that sort of thing. So, yeah, I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, Adam, you've made a lot of people happy with your food over the years, including me, and it's so good to hear um, things are back on track and and have you today on Deep in the Weeds to catch up with you. Um, Please keep in touch and um, hopefully we can catch up again real soon. All right, cool. Thank you very much. This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. Stay tuned as we take a deep dive into the lives of the incredible people who ply their trade in the food and hospitality sector. Special thanks to executive producer Rob Locke for making this all happen. Follow us on Instagram at Deep in the Weeds Podcast or email us at podcast at deepintheweeds.com.au. Stay safe and be well.